0: have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars struggled, dug down deep, and rebounded at year's end. He's going to go! 20! seniors, although some of those BYU stars will watch from the sidelines.
3: Jaren's situation, we were hoping that he'd be able to go, but Solje Mayava and and, and Nick Phillips and Kate Finnegan, those guys, they got it wrong.
0: You're listening to KSL's special extended pregame coverage, the New Mexico Bowl, BYU versus SMU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Vailante on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio.
4: Game for all the green chilies. That's what I'm coining this, Matt. The green chilies. <laughs> all the green chilies. I've had some uh, outstanding food with green chili. I had a burrito last night at this place called Cervantes. It was fantastic. It was. Uh, I love the green chilies. The food, I, I will say, Kalani Satake was not joking. The food out here in Albuquerque has been fantastic. It's been stepped it, up
1: from Shreveport.
4: <laughs> yes, it has. It definitely has. And to get all your food needs locally here in uh, in in the Salt Lake Valley, go to Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kerns, a proud sponsor of our extended pregame here as we get ready for BYU and SMU in the New Mexico Bowl, and to preview the game with us, we're joined now live by unrivaled host on the KSL Sports Zone, also host of Cougar Pregame on the on the Zone, Alex Carey. Alex, happy game day to you. How? What are you expecting from from this game today?
3: Uh, I want to see no a minimum of four BYU quarterbacks in the game. <laughs> There's not four available. <laughs> I know. Listen, you say three, and then inevitably you got you're gonna have to start putting Heakley uh, Ropati in there at pistol. You know, just to, just to kind of see what's going on.
1: That's funny. Seriously, though, who do you want to see a quarterback, Alex?
3: I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, the, the problem is, is that I mean, I was having this discussion with somebody last night, where it's like they go, "Well." I mean, who's even like who's good? Like, and I thought, well, they all have tons of promise, right? They all came, uh, you know, uh, under circumstances of, hey, this is a guy that we like; we want to see in our program. And uh, with the exception of Billups, I think you know, Soljay and and Kate Finnegan have been around college football kind of a long time. And and like, I mean, you think about Soljay—how many times will be mentioned Soljay other name without ever seeing him take anything uh, significant? You know, in terms of of snaps or reps, you know anything more, the drop off was so big between Jacob Conover and Jaron Hall in terms of production that those these guys were backing up Jacob Conover. And so, where are you at now in terms of the talent level? I, I get nervous about that. And unless BYU puts the puts up running numbers, I think similar to what they did against uh, Stanford, which they could totally do against the garbage SMU running defense, then. Uh, then I think that you know I I don't know I mean I'm excited because we have no idea what's going on and that's like the extent of it. How do you
4: think Aaron Roderick should approach this this game from the game plan for the for the offense? I mean I, I feel like they should throw out any sort of specials or trick plays they've got for this for this game with these quarterbacks.
3: Yeah, burn it all because all of these guys. I mean, do you do either of you guys look at any one of these dudes and say? I mean, is there going to be a performance that could happen today that makes you go, that's my starting quarterback for next year for BYU? Or are you just resigned like I think the rest of us are, where you go, uh, I think BYU is going to have to pick somebody up from the transfer portal, and that's about it. Like, honestly, throw it all out there. From a game plan perspective, you've got to feed Chris Brooks and Hekla Lopati, and, you know, they'll be creative about some stuff. But, And I'm not saying they're going to be totally inept in throwing the football, but, you know, the reality is it's – how how good could it be when you don't actually have uh, many reps being shared by these guys? You saw that Soldier was taking first team reps, you know, this week, and so so what does that mean about Kate Finnegan and his in his rep level? I mean, the, the reality is is you can't replace reps and game reps. None of these guys really have, so um, it's it's not much. Uh, if if, if he, but the good news is is neither of these teams. It's like a battle of which team. Uh, is less interested in this game sometimes, you know? But all these coaches do a really good job of trying to figure out how to get these young guys in. I don't know. You guys tell me. Is there a performance that could happen from any of these quarterbacks that you could say, oh, yeah, that's going to be the starter for BYU oh, next yeah. year? If
1: Cade Finnegan threw for 500 yards and four touchdowns, sign me up as the starting quarterback next hey, year.
3: Hey, listen, that's happened in this very freaking bowl before uh, <laughs> with Jake Heaps. And everybody was like, done sign him up and then never to be heard from again you know after uh the, you know, the debacle of uh, he and riley nelson so there's not there's nothing that could happen for me in this new mexico bowl where i'm going to be convinced that any of these guys would be the, the future of bYU football
4: Alex, curious maybe they guest. Tap it. Oh, sorry mitch maybe Alex. they tap into the powers of of james lark from las cruces and have some <laughs> stellar performance that just wins over everyone Yeah.
3: Look, I was like thinking, I go, you know, the transfer portal is interesting, and rules are so weird. Is there somebody who's an early signee that you could technically get into the game who graduated from high school yesterday that they've got (laughs) coming in? I mean, hey, let's throw any possibility out there.
1: Alex Cure is our guest here, uh, and he is on, you can hear him, Monday through Friday over on our sister station, the KSL Sports Zone, on unrivaled 3 to 7 p.m. Earlier in the week, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick said that he's motivated to win this game. Like he feels like eight and five is better than seven and six. And he won't hear from as many fans if they go out on a high note. Does eight and five change the way you view the season, Alex?
3: Uh, Not the season, Matt, but I do think that, I mean, like that, it does make a difference. And for people who've been watching, you know, that four game losing streak, really just took so many people out of this season. You know, in that mid-moment, those just kind of the, the fans that are and, – and and look, I know everybody goes, well, you're not a true fan if you didn't stick around. like, no, but the, the, the mainstream fan who just dips in and goes, man, I love watching BOE football, when they see a four-game losing streak, they dip out really quickly. And so a lot of people are just hanging a lot of what happened this year on that four-game losing streak. And they don't think about the no loss November. I think that you know BYU's been you know talking about and pushing so much, but you think a lot about where this team was after that Baylor game, and then where you are now. It's been a windy, windy road, and eight and five would would. Uh, w- what's interesting is I think it would be forgotten. Like I think people would go because people want to forget it. They want to forget a New Mexico Bowl year. They want to forget the last year of independence, and they're looking forward to moving forward. And the unfortunate thing is is that. Yeah, you know, This is, you know, Jaron Hall's likely last year, and so to have it be an 8-5 and five and to be disappointing, I think, for a lot of folks is, is a bummer.
4: Do you put any stock, Alex, that a win today could give BYU some momentum heading into the Big 12?
3: Um, no. I The only thing that you get out of this, I mean, just look at it from a pragmatic approach, too, Mitch, where you go, these guys – what do we get out of this? What are going to be some of the names that you go, that dude might be nice next year. You know that, that, And those are the guys that are going to be in the Big 12. Of you. So, what are the, and, and, and then the reality is, too, the most important person at this game isn't even a player. It's Jay Hill. What's he going to do? I mean, he actually went through and was like, I'm going to look and see who I'm going to take with me to the Big 12 and who I need to replace, straight up. So this is a scouting expedition for him, and so I hope guys take it like a tryout.
1: Who are some of those guys that you just mentioned? You know, quarterbacks aside, that you would like to see, or who are you're your interested in seeing maybe play tonight?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a, the, the easy one for me is a guy like Hinkley Ropati that's been so fun to watch. Like to have the breakout that you do against a team like Boise State, that's a legitimate kind of breakout, I think, for him. And then on the defensive side of things, you're, like clear-cut leader. I don't know. I guess it's Ben Bywater. What do you guys think? <laughs> who the, the guys who the team? Batty, were young. probably right. Yeah, I mean, and 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 Batty, I think he would even probably look around and say, "Yeah, I've been I've underperformed compared to what the expectations were for myself and for the team." But like, yeah, all these guys who have gotten enough time, I want to know who's married to the program. I don't want to see that happen today. Like. There's enough, of, there's enough turmoil, and there's a vibe, and you guys know what it feels like. It, it just is, it's sort of intangible, but at the same time, it feels this way, where you're like, the negative vibe around the program and the culture and the, the transfer portal and the, the, the tumult of your coaches going away, um, or some of the coaching staff going away. This is the second, you know, major shift of, of coaching staff that Kalani Satake has had in the last, you know, since 2016, uh, since 2017, actually. I mean, so when you do it twice, there's not really a third time. And I think that people uh, are, are thinking about that. I'm, I think BYU's committed to Kalani long term, and they should be. He's that good. But, you know, when you have this kind of stuff going on, there's an image thing. And perception sometimes is reality and whether or not the, the BOU program is like in a bad spot or not, I'm, I don't really know. Um, the transfer portal is going to heal a lot of wounds, and they'll have the firepower to be able to go and get guys, and I think that there's more NIL money that people actually think that there is.
4: Yeah, I think that's a great point with, with Kalani Satake, and, and I think that he even noted earlier that there's going to be adversity a lot quick uh, a lot more going forward in the Big 12 but they hope that they can bounce back quicker and not have it be something that stretches over over 4 weeks A guy I will say though I would like to see possibly play today Alex would be a guy like Malik Moore who he could yeah. play today if because that new rule of allowing a player to play more than 4 games and still maintain his redshirt I think that might be one to watch because he could club up that uh, broken hand and and give it a go in the in the back end of the uh, of the secondary.
3: You know, and and I like the the thing is going into next year and whether or not guys are going to be able to go or not is like I said. I think there's some guys who are P five guys who are Big Twelve guys. Um, you think about guys who you're not probably going to see, obviously you're not going to see Cody Epps, but you see guys on this wide receiver group that are. Um, that that you see on that list and you go, whoever they bring in and they see Keanu Hill's numbers, they see Cody Epps, um, and and a guy who's on his way out, a guy like Brayden Cosper, like, they'll make it, Brayden Cosper will make a big difference I think today. You're going to see, like him, just throw it all out there. If they're going to have a passing game, you're going to see guys like him show up. I think for the long term, they have good dudes on the roster and despite the fact that some people have left and some people have left under grumpy circumstances, like, um, I think BYU still in an okay spot, and I think that people freak out a little bit too much. Uh, Kalani and his guys, uh, he has his dudes, he has the commitment from a bunch of people, but you have also the guys who walked away from the program, and that's hard to ignore. But I do think I, th- I think that, that a game like this, it's not. It, I don't want to come across like it's a it's a nothing burger. Like it is important. Like this game matters because of the reps that you're going to get with it, and the extra practices that you got out of it. And so I hope it shows out today. I, th- I hope you see a couple of extra names. And I do hope that a Sol J or a Cade Finnegan, uh, you know, break out a little bit today because you have to have that because you're also going to have to have a backup quarterback. I'm convinced that their starting quarterback is not on this roster right now.
4: Alex, how excited are you to see Independence brought to a close?
3: Oh my heavens! Like you guys, we've all sat next to each other for the past decade. Uh, in these booths every week, and or talking about this from on a on a weekly basis. Like we have tried to lipstick lipstick this pig forever, right? And and it's just like think about the the amount if you're going around your family's Christmas uh, table this year and talking about things that you're excited for for next year and things you're grateful for uh you know it's not playing UMass ever again, you know it's never <laughs> seeing the e c u pirates ever again on a on a schedule if you can help it uh and it's just the fact that even if you're gonna be four and eight in your first year in the big twelve or or even worse you know which I think you can probably prepare your mind for a little bit like it's just gonna be awesome week in and week out to have nine conference games uh, against teams that I grew up watching you know in Texas like they were massively important and uh it's just going to be so. My heavens, you guys! Like our lives are going to get so much better next year, even if the the team is struggling. That's just part of it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. There he is, Alex Keery, host of Unrivaled. You can listen to that on the KSL Sports Zone Monday through Friday, three to seven, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. Alex, uh, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate
3: it. And uh, wait a minute, are you guys are you guys both there? Are you guys both there? or Just Mitch was uh, uh, cleared for dude.
1: I Just me. No, I'm not even lying when I say this. I'm looking forward to the basketball game more. I cannot wait to get down to the marriage center for a rivalry <laughs> see, hoops game, man.
3: See, But also, and Mitch, this is, we'll leave Matt out of this discussion for a second. <laughs> like, Matt, Matt's a grump. Matt is Don't a pull a Richard puss, Sherman man. on me. Isn't he? He's a sourpuss fan. I know it. I know that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs>
1: Sometimes, yeah, that's true. I won't deny it, Alex. I won't look.
3: Mitch, who's got Mitch, sometimes has to be the ray of sunshine. So that's what I do. I tune into you guys. Yes. So Mitch will give you that ray of sunshine when you're when you're sad. When you're the sad puppy. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> right. Hey, someone's got to come in real from time to time, though. That's the thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Old fake Mitch Pre- Harper, dude. I that
4: guy. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Alex. Thanks,
1: thanks, Alex. Look- All right, we'll take the break here. Good stuff there from Alex Curie and uh, thanks to our sponsor andy's neighborhood market in Kern save big on holiday groceries and gifts at andy's neighborhood market in Kearns. that's andy's neighborhood market we'll take the break back after this
0: byu southern methodist university 15 10 5 touchdown it's an 18-yard run for the score and the cougars make it a three score game special extended byu pre-game coverage on ksl news radio
4: Big thanks to Jason for that scoreboard update. I'm watching the Florida-Oregon State game right now, and they just showed a little teaser for BYU and SMU in the New Mexico Bowl, and they were promoting SMU's heralded wide receiver, Rasheed Rice. I'm like, guys – Someone needs to get to that production truck and let (laughs) him know he's not playing. He's not even in New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've not seen him at all. SMU's got a good QB, though. Tanner Mordecai, he's good. Uh, But, you know, BYU's going to have some key players down. Jaron Hall. I will say this, Matt. Jaron would have played if he was healthy. I believe that. I don't think this is an opt-out deal. Agreed. You know, he hasn't officially announced his intentions, but Jaron would have given it a go had he been uh, healthy. But he's been... Rolling around on a scooter, for goodness
1: sake. Yeah, and I even think, too, Mitch, if this was a meaningful bowl game, I think maybe he goes, too. Like, if this is a New Year's 6 bowl game and BYU's playing in the Cotton Bowl or something, because when he left that, and you were there, but when he left the game against Stanford, it it didn't look good on TV, but he didn't look terribly hobbled after. I mean, he did post-game interviews afterwards, so I just kind of feel like, you know, from his perspective, he's doing the right thing, which is – I'm not fully healthy. There's nothing on the line. How is this going to help me for the NFL? It's not, so I'm not going to play.
4: And, and So if there's nothing on the line, Matt, what is the motivation? BYU cornerbacks coach Darrell Guilford shared some insight. Everybody cares, man. They want to kind of go out with a bang. Um, you know, we, we, we got some stuff going in. Um, practice, have, 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 they've been very, very uh, competitive. Um, so guys re- really, really care, and they want to put on a, a, a good show for Cougar Nation. Some guys care.
1: I, 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 and we touched on this earlier, Mitch. But there, he's not wrong in that. I think there are individuals who care because if you like, if you look at Soul J or Cade Finnegan, Hinkley Ropati, Keanu Hill, like a great performance could really set you up to be a significant factor next year in the Big Twelve. Like absolutely. But from a team perspective, there's nothing on the line. Like, and Alex even touched on this, but. Regardless of what happens in this bowl game, we're not going to think of the season differently. It is what it is at this point, and a win or loss isn't going to change that. However, there are certain players, certain positions where there is a lot on the line because, as Jay Hill noted earlier this week in his evaluation of defensive personnel, effort and ability in this bowl game will hold some weight. So definitely there are individuals that I'm going to watch to see how they perform and if they will have a role on next year's team.
4: Just put out a good performance. Don't let it be an abysmal one. Yep. Put out a good performance. Let's see how the chips fall. As I mean, we're taking a timeout. The top five on the other side. It's Cougar Sports Saturday extended pregame here on KSL News Radio.
0: BYU's road this year ends in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl. It's complete and another touchdown! Season appearance for a storied Cougar program.
3: Now headed to the Big 12. This is Tom Homo's baby, so our athletic director, it's been amazing to see him get us in a position to be in the Big 12. This
0: is KSL's special extended pregame coverage of the New Mexico Bowl on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio.
1: Stay locked in to KSL News Radio all day long. We'll have pregame up until kick at 5:30 p.m. You can listen to that game right here on KSL News Radio. If you're not watching, or if you're driving home from hopefully a Cougar hoops win, Mitch down at the Marriott Center. That's in two and a half hours. A big day for men's sports for, uh, on the BYU side of things. Uh, both games, I think, do have some significance, and you feel a lot better about both teams if they win these games.
4: You definitely would. And shout out too to women's basketball. They'll be playing Gonzaga today. I know it's been a tough season for Amber Whiting's squad, but a huge day of, of BYU sports in action and it's a nice way to kind of kick off this festive time of the year with Christmas next week and it's a it's a nice way to cap off maybe a little bit of the, the fall fall calendar and get ready for for the winter months, and we know it's going to be a long haul until football season returns yep. again. So enjoy these moments, you Cougar Nation. Football is always a, always a, a precious time because it, it just it, we wait so long and then it flies by yep. in the blink of an eye. But, hey, another thing that we appreciate, too, is our sponsor, Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. Big shout-out to them for sponsoring today's extended pregame, which includes a special edition of the Top 5.
0: The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5.
1: It's the Top 5 with our new producer, Nate Slack, who uh, he just informed me, Mitch, of his plans. Remember, uh, he was going to attend the BYU-Utah basketball game. Is that right, Nate?
2: Uh, Matt... (laughs)
1: <laughs> he was gonna go, but football's king in the slack family mitch, so he sold those tickets but uh there's a big slack party I think a lot of b o u fans might be in the same boat big party, multiple screens, keeping a tab on nice. both games
2: lots of food, lots of games it's a it's a fun time of the year it's it's also a sad time of the year um you know last last football game of the year is always sad. you wait so long for the season to start, and then as soon as like You know, just uh, two, three months into it, start seeing games dwindle away, and now we're at the last game of the year. And today's actually going to be BYU's 40th bowl game in program history. And there's some question marks going into today about the quarterback position we've talked about before. Jaron Hall's not going to be playing. So who is going to be taking the snaps? We're not quite sure yet, but because the gap between Jaron and Conover was so large, Uh, It's probably safe to assume whoever is taking snaps at quarterback (laughs) is probably not going to be attempting very many passes today. So today we'll be looking at uh, some running stats. So of BYU's 39 bowl games, BYU has only rushed for 199 yards or more in five of them. (laughs) So I assume uh, in order for BYU to pull out a victory today, they're going to have to run for more than 200 yards. Again, it's only happened five times in the previous 39 bowl games. And so today for the top five, we'll be looking at the five games that BYU rushed for 199 yards or more.
1: Wow. I
4: like this. This is a good one. This is a
1: good list. Dang.
2: Last week we started with Mitch. He won the coin flip. Today we're going to start out with
1: Matt. Okay. Let's, uh, man. Only five times this has happened. BYU has rushed for over 199 yards in one of their 39 bowl games. I'm going to go with, let's go with 2000, and let's go with 2010, the New Mexico Bowl.
2: The New Mexico Bowl is number five on our list. Yes. So that's, that'll help you guys out. That's actually the, the farthest back where we rushed for 199 yards or more. Rushed for 219 that day. Uh, Juice, Juice. yes. Juice Quezada went yeah. off for 103 yards, and JJ Luigi also ran for 105. So wow! Two hundred yard backs that day.
4: Very interesting. That's, that's a great pull because everyone just thinks of Jake Heaps in that game, but the ground attack was was uh, just a well oiled machine that day against UTEP.
1: I really wish that Juice had finished out his career at BYU. I just I think that might have been his best year. Like that might have been the the peak of the Juice Casada career. We know that he left for Fresno State after that, and I don't remember hearing much after he left BYU.
4: Yeah, he, he goes to Fresno State. He's been playing football overseas, uh, like in Europe and Holy even a little damn. bit in Japan, too. <laughs> He's a well-traveled man on the gridiron, that Juice Kazada, who famously cut his hair off to play at BYU <laughs> and abide by the undercoat. Love that. Good stuff. All right. Back to you, Nate.
2: All right. So, Matt's up 1-0. can go to Mitch.
4: All right. So... I'm going to say, how about last year? The Independence
3: Bowl.
2: Last year's number one on the list. So we ran for 199 yards. Um, That was actually one of only two games where BYU rushed for more than it passed in a bowl game. Uh, Ran for 199 yards. Algier finished with 203 yards on the ground. And that is number one on our list. Nice. Nice. Alright, so we're tied up at one. Let's We've already
1: forgotten that. about that bowl game, though. No, we don't have we don't have any commentary on it. We've moved on to uh on to this bowl well, game. Well I will say
4: Algier, <laughs> single season rushing leader, and a guy that played in the game. He didn't need to, but he played. That was that was cool to see. And look, I don't fault any guy for opting out of the game. I bet, you know, Puka Naku, I'm not expecting to see him play. Not faulting anyone, because honestly, I don't blame him. Protect yourself and go get that paycheck in the NFL. But I think it's always cool for the guys that do end up playing, and then they're rewarded with a great performance. I know the outcome on the scoreboard was not good, but Algier being rewarded with that performance was cool to see. I think back to Zach Wilson, too, in 2020, the Boca Raton Bowl. He was outstanding in that game. So I think that uh, you know I, I do enjoy those guys that are willing to kind of put themselves out there in these games that might be deemed meaningless and still go out there and finish it off for the team.
2: All right, let's go back to uh, Matt.
1: Let's go to a bowl game that was muddy, it was rainy, it was nasty, and it featured uh, the Swag Daddy 2016 Poinsettia Bowl, San Diego.
2: Poinsettia Bowl in 2016 versus Wyoming is number two on the list. That was also another game where BYU rushed for more than it passed. So ran for 216 Mm. yards that day, only 96 yards passing. Jamal Williams went off. He finished with 210 yards on the ground. And that is number two on our list. I'll
1: tell you what, Mitch. I do not want to end the day in this New Mexico Bowl like I felt at the end of that game. Even though they won. Remember, Tanner Tanner Mangum plays. And you're like, okay, we're going to get a head start on the new era, right? And then it was, I mean, the weather did play a role. I'm not going to discount that. But you didn't walk away feeling great after that offensive performance. And then, little did we know, that might have been a precursor of what was to come in 2017. I don't want to feel that way after today's New Mexico Bowl.
4: <laughs> That's such a great point. And my, my favorite memory, honestly, other than Jamal just going wild in that game, was him in the post game just opening up a can of Dr. Pepper. And just crushing it, he's like, "Ah, uh, see it's finally over. I'm going to start drinking my soda." <laughs> I was like, "This is fantastic. I love the swag, Daddy. I miss that guy so much his personality, but you're right. I mean, I, I think that you know today, uh, you wanted to see you, know, you just want to see kind of a proof of concept from this from this offense of what these quarterbacks can be today uh, here in the New Mexico Bowl. All
2: right, so Matt's up. two, one, and we're back to Mitch.
4: How about I go to the Tyler Algier-Well again, 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. There we go.
2: 2020 versus UCF comes in at number three. Ran for 214 yards that day, passed for another 441 yards. So tons of offense that day. Algier finished with 177 on the ground. And, yeah, good for number three on our list.
4: That was a beatdown and that was one of the great bowl game performances from BYU in its history in terms of showing up and just dominating the opponent because so many times in bowls over the years, BYU has not played well. I think back to all those bowls in the 80s and the 90s where it's just like, this isn't the BYU team we've seen all year, even some of the early Bronco hall teams. It's just, it's just you want to see BYU play great in the posts. And I know logistically it's, it's a unique time of the year. You have that long gap and things like that. But that was just a, a, a sight to behold to see BYU just show up, handle a, a good, not great, but a Josh Heupel-led UCF team who, who he's gone on to great things with Tennessee they just annihilated them, and that was uh, that was quite the sight down in Boca Raton.
2: All right, Matt's got the
1: chance to win it. What's what's the what's the spot that's open? Uh, it is number four. Number four. Oh man, I've been in this position many times, and I've failed many times. But um, man, I can't get this one out of my mind just because it was so high scoring. So I'm going to try the Miami Beach Bowl. Mm. Ah!
4: Ooh, that was a. That was an interesting poll. Where did Beach Bowl land, Nate? Beach Bowl was.
1: Don't say number six. Let's see. Don't no, say there, number No, there were
2: only five. So there were only five
4: games where okay, BYU rushed
2: won. for a oh, You're, you're right. right.
1: So it's not. Yeah.
2: But in, yeah. BYU only rushed for 77 yards that day. Woo!
1: So for okay, not even, not even close.
4: Okay. <laughs> 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 and that, that, when you bring up the Beach Bowl, I'm thinking, who was that running back that game? Was it Algie Brown? I, I can't even it remember. It must have been. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Let's go with. How about 2013 Fight Hunger Bowl? Mm. Oh, that was go fast, go hard with Taysom and Jamal. <laughs> that, it I was, I had it, it was
2: close. So <laughs> dang it! That was against Washington. BYU rush for 180, oh. but uh, just 20 yards oh. short
1: of that mark. Oh, oh. Okay. dang it! Man, back to me. Let's go 2011 The Armed Forces Bowl. Mm. <laughs>
2: BYU rushed for 94 yards oh, against Tulsa. Oh man,
4: jeez. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think here. How about? Hmm, let's go with. Nah, I'm not. I don't believe this because I think BOE threw a lot of yards. Uh, 2019 Hawaii Bowl. Oh, you're
2: kidding oh! Me. oh, oh. 2019 oh. Hawaii Bowl. BYU you're rushed kidding. for 231. So BYU did pass for 274, wow. but ran for 231, and it was the complete opposite of Hawaii, who only rushed for two yards. So Hawaii went off; they passed for 493, <laughs> oh. ran for two. BYU ran for 231 with Algier taking 78 yards and Zach Wilson 76.
4: Algier again delivers. You're for kidding me, baby. me. Let's go. That was
1: my next guess, too, because I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say. I think it's the Hawaii Bowl because you were there. You were at that game.
4: <laughs> Dang it. Uh, two weeks in a row. Let's go. BYU Bowl season. Bowl history. Great stuff. That that was a good Isn't list. Isn't it kind Nate. of
1: interesting? It's only in the past 12 years that they've ran the ball with any well, capacity in the bowl game. You, and think, this you is, mean those – go ahead, Nate. I
2: was going to say, this is Kalani. Is this Kalani's sixth bowl game? Is that, no? This is his seventh. So he's played six bowl games. Yep. Or coached six bowl games, and four of the five came in games that were coached by Kalani. Yeah. So, wow.
4: The run heavy. The offenses. emphasis to run the football. BYU back with Lavelle. It was it was a passing attack, you know. And BYU would like I was saying too was that they would get down big sometimes in games, and then they'd have to roar back. And you think back to like the Penn State game in '89 where Ty goes off for. What, a record 560? And that was back in the time when bowl stats didn't count, and they still don't count from that time. Go add Ty Detmer's bowl stats. Let's see where the all-time uh, passing records in college football stand then. But, yeah, I mean, I, the, the focus to run the football, and I think that blueprint from what we saw against Stanford, that's what BYU needs to incorporate here in New Mexico, bowl. And and I think that run the football. you got Chris Brooks. You've got Hinkley Rapati. You've got Miles Davis. Run that ball against the Ponies, who have one of the worst rush defenses in college football. So it seems like a recipe for success to maybe add to that list and have six games all time with uh, some big rushing numbers. That was good stuff, Nate. Yeah,
1: thanks. All right, we'll take the break here. Save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Annie's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. That's Annie's Neighborhood market. Taking the break on the other side, we'll scout the Mustangs and give you some stats and facts to know about SMU.
0: BYU, Southern Methodist University. 15-10, he will go for a second pick six of the season. And the Cougs take the lead. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio.
4: Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage of BYU versus SMU in the 2022 New Mexico Bowl. I'm Mitch Harper coming to you live from Albuquerque and joined as always by my Cougar Sports Saturday co host, Matt Biamonte. We host Cougar Sports Saturday every Saturday in this spot from noon to three here on KSL News Radio. And this extended pregame coverage is brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. So we've talked a lot about BYU. Matt, what should we know about this SMU team coming into today's matchup in the bowl game? They are
1: a very good passing offense, Mitch. They're led by Tanner Mordecai, and this guy's thrown for over 3,000 yards in both of his seasons at SMU. He's been in college football for a long time. He spent three years at Oklahoma, and he just kept losing quarterback battles. It was Kyler Murray, it was Jalen Hurts, just could not win these quarterback battles. Eventually transfers to SMU, and he's been great for SMU. Unfortunately for him and and the offense, they're going to be down two of their top receivers. Rasheed Rice, Dylan Goffney, they accounted for 44% of the production in the pass game for SMU. They will not play, but Tanner Mordecai is dang good. Might be the best player on the field in this game, and BYU's defense will have their hands full trying to keep him corralled.
4: Mordecai, for those that are not familiar with him or SMU football, he once signed with Oklahoma, was a Lincoln-Riley recruit at quarterback, but you know didn't get much playing time because, well, there was Spencer Rattler, there was Caleb Williams, so he ends up at SMU, and uh, he's done a nice job. He's playing in his final college game today. He's going to pursue an NFL career after this afternoon, so he's got a chance to He'll make a case to NFL scouts and, and put up some big numbers. I'm sure that's what he would love to do. BYU's defense uh, better be ready for, to, to stop this passing attack because SMU knows what their identity is. That is throwing the football. And they've still got some tall uh, length. they got a lot of long receivers in the passing game. Uh, so even without two of their top guys, uh, they've still got some capable talent in that receiving room. The, the ground attack for SMU is really nothing to write home about. They've got some capable running backs. I do think BYU's rush defense has improved since Kalani Satake took over, but that will be an area to watch. Uh, SMU's averaging 38.4 points per game, which is third highest in their program history. I mean, you think back to the day of 1980 when they were playing BYU. It was a ground attack with Dickerson and Craig James and McElhaney at quarterback It's all through the air now, and the Mustangs uh, put up a lot of points. Speaking of that 1980 Holiday Bowl, Matt, uh, Rhett Lashley showed his team highlights of – that 1980 Holiday Bowl and uh, showed them about like four or five minutes worth of of that game and try to tell the story a little bit of the, the BYU SMU uh, history. It's brief, but uh, there is a little bit of history between these pro- two programs. In fact, they were once league rivals back in the old 16 team whack, if you can believe that. That's how long it's been though since BYU and SMU have faced. It's been 25 years when these two squads last uh, squared off and they will kick it off today here in Albuquerque for the New Mexico Bowl kickoff is at 5:30. We'll take y'all the way up to 3:30 getting ready for the the network coverage with Greg Rebel and Riley Nelson here in the Land of Enchantment.
1: One thing SMU does do very well and I think it's in an, uh you know you can attribute this to Tanner Mordecai in critical situations which you can define this a bunch of different ways but I'm going to choose to define it like this Mitch. Red zone, fourth down, third down. In critical situations, this SMU offense has been outstanding. They're converting 59% of their fourth down conversions. That's better than double what BYU has done on fourth down. And then we've already talked about the red zone performance, but they have scored on 92% of their red zone trips. So they are very good in critical situations, and is going to have to find a way to slow that down.
4: That they will. It's going to be a tough test. BYU and SMU, two teams are 7-5 and five heading into this bowl matchup, and again, it'll kick off at 5.30 tonight. We'll continue to break down BYU and SMU, but we'll also get a check-in on the Hoops team. BYU basketball taking on the rival Utes. We'll get a little bit of a preview as the Cougs and Utes square off today, uh, this afternoon. So taking a break. On the other side, we'll break down some Hoops here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face.